3: And forgive me, I'm just a messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't it's seen that poll. It's out there. Um, from CBS this morning. Um, Someone in our audience might listen to you, Mr. Secretary, and say, oh, so we have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true?
2: They, they are in control of Kabul. It didn't need to be this way. It's kind of like the Dunkirk evacuation. Mr. Secretary, does the President not know what's going on? This is an incredibly emotional time.
4: To say that this is a threat of violence is ridiculous. The governor gets threats every day. I get threats and harassment. Everything woke
5: turns to sh okay? it's sure.
4: Shit. Sure. Look at what's happening.
1: Woo! <laughs> it's been a weekend, honey.
6: What a what a weekend. What a time. What a time. My goodness. It's an emotional time for everybody, Alice says. Blinken says, this has been great. It's been a crazy day for me, Alice. Woke up early today, did uh, hurricane coverage from 7 to 10 on WTIC in Connecticut. Yep. And I've gotten the, so many plaudits for doing it that I know I'll not be asked to do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really great job, Oh, totally. Thomas. It was your
6: first time. You did really good, really good. So the, the the trick is to fill the air and just kind of prognosticate, pontificate, and just shoot mm-hmm. the breeze in between news and factual things. And um and it, sometimes you uh,
1: Yeah, but you got a shift when really nothing was happening during the hurricane itself.
6: Right. So there was just uh so there was not there was a pre hurricane anticipation. Exactly, and then I got to uh, speak to the governor of Connecticut, a guy who I take artillery shots at daily.
1: You have a takeoff on him where you mock his voice and you you copy you, yeah, an impression but, of him that you right. do. That's not but, flattering.
6: But today, of course, it's one of those situations where we're all doing, where it's all hands on deck and we're doing the civil service uh, mm-hmm. part of the job. So we had to speak to each other very um, civilly. civilly. And it was uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting morning, and then to to wake up in the morning, and then half take a little bit of a nap, um, post sugar, and 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 be in and out of it. Then to wake up this afternoon and see this craziness with it with the what's going on with the White House in the in Afghanistan. So Biden spoke just a little bit ago. This is what happens. They throw everybody out there again today. So they threw Blinken out there. They threw all the. The geniuses like uh, Jake Sullivan and Blinken are out there. There's your gen- there's your Mensa crowd. It's t- picture in uh, Starship Troopers. That's the Neil Patrick Harris group. And then the grunts uh, are like Austin and Millie, etc. And those guys. they all went out there, and and it was again pretty much a bloodbath with some horrific horrific sound bites. Uh, just the the, the the moments that were caught were just, were terrible. You can't have Lincoln this.
1: was especially awful. Oh, yeah. Wants- I mean, he's been like the worst this whole time. And he, j- he had some things that just from a communications perspective, you just never want somebody going out there and saying that.
6: Song. And as an American, yeah, as an American, you never hear this. Someone in our audience might listen to you, Mr. Secretary, and
3: say, oh, so we have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true?
2: They, they are in control of Kabul. That is the reality. Ouch.
6: So, yes, we have to ask permission because they're in charge. They're the in Taliban charge. The
1: Taliban owns us.
6: Yeah, it's incredible considering that they're not in control of our allies who are doing everything they can to get their own people out. Remarkable. They're in control. Yeah. This is when it's not a good time to have the eggheads around because the eggheads are eggheads are wusses. They don't know mm-hmm. They're policy wonks.
2: Uh, that's the reality uh, that uh, that we have to deal Millennium with. How comfortable are you with mission? that, Mr. Secretary? Um, my what I'm what I'm uh, focused on. Uh, what we're all focused oh, ho, ho, ho. on is getting people out and making sure that we're doing everything possible to do that. And so
6: we will prostrate ourselves uh, and subordinate ourselves as much and as often and as in a grandiose fashion as need be to make sure that our superiors, the Taliban, you know, release the, um, release the knot a little bit so that we we have some room to move, even though we're being harassed the whole time in order to get Americans out. We have to ask them permission. This is tough. This is disgusting. And my goodness, I, I, you know, I have, I have put Donald Trump away as having been done and had done a service. But it, if you want to, you want to um, resuscitate Donald Trump, you are doing it right now, showing yeah. this spineless reaction, this D.C. swamp reaction, saying, well, we don't see any possible recourse here. We're working with the Taliban currently, and they're not giving it. Oh, my goodness.
2: And in this case, uh, it uh, is... I think, a requirement of the job uh, to be in contact with uh, with the Taliban, which controls Kabul. And look, what we... He's
6: a Hugh Grant without the accent right here. Stammer, 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 shudder, 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 grasp, ready, grasp, ready. Except he's not lovable and, and uh, bashfully cute.
1: Well, I think that, you know... I think that it's more lovable when you're stammering and awkward when you're getting asked out on a date and not when you're relying on this person to get you out of a terrorist-controlled city. That the stammering, awkward person, you know, like, I like Hugh Grant, not quite as much as you, but I like Hugh Grant, too, but... Don't I don't want him. Don't people, people I that don't that. want him running the operation, the Agreed. military operation to but, rescue me when I'm in the hands of the Taliban. Right,
2: but he is. We've seen uh, Major is is uh, is also pretty remarkable. Uh, go back a week, the government. Oh man, the fact that
6: he's now going to his talking points where he has to pivot now and swivel around and say, well, as a matter of fact, there's been a lot of good things have happened. And if you look at the past week, Major, oh, man, get somebody else with a set of cojones out there to say this stuff. This guy can't do it. It's not – he's a wonk, and he doesn't believe it either. You can feel the strength leave his voice when he tries to go on offense here, just rhetorically. That
2: doesn't take. Uh, and by the way, I was on the phone with, with President Karzai the day before, when he was telling me his intent, as he put it, to fight to the death.
6: Not making us feel more confident about him. That would have been good if he had been on the phone with President Karzai, had President Karzai been president.
1: Yeah, but he was not. Mm-hmm. President Ghani was president. And right. then he wasn't president again quickly after that, too.
2: Well, the next day he was gone. The military collapsed. And in the space of that week, our military went in, secured the airport, got our embassy uh yeah, to, to, to safety at the airport from the embassy compound began this uh remarkable uh, evacuation effort yeah that it is remarkable said, about, indeed
6: because that's an interesting word but it is not remarkable in the way he thinks it's remarkable uh let's see so so blinken went out and said that blink where where blinken took the um took the really nuke was when he talked with chris wallace Chris Wallace showed him all the Biden, not Biden, inconsistencies. But when Biden was in front of reporters a few days ago, Biden was factually absolutely wrong on several huge key
2: points. Here's another statement that the president made that was flat wrong.
3: Take a look.
5: I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've got the exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch. We're acting, committing to what we said we would do.
2: But Armin Laschet, the likely successor to German Chancellor Merkel, said this is the biggest debacle that NATO has seen since its foundation. And here is the chairman of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. To see their commander-in-chief call into question the courage of men I fought with, Mm. to claim that they ran, it's shameful. Mm. Those who have never fought for the colors they fly, should be careful about criticizing those who have. Oof. Mr. Secretary, does the president not know what's going on? This is an incredibly emotional time uh, for, for many of us, uh, and including like, allies and partners, who've been shoulder to shoulder with not us in Afghanistan panic attack for when 20 years uh, at high cost to themselves as well as to us. They stood with us after 9-11, invoked Article 5 of NATO for the first time, and it's...
6: As you were saying, yes, you're not supposed to hear the guy running things having a nervous breakdown.
1: Yeah. So when you work for the president of the United States, Tom, and you go out on the Sunday shows in the middle of a crisis to explain to the media and the American people what's happening, and you get asked, does the president not know what's going on? What's the answer to that question, regardless of what the crisis is and everything else? Does the president not know what's going on, Tom?
6: Of course he knows what's going on.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, that's the correct answer to that question at all times, under all circumstances. Because if you can't honestly spit out those words to say, okay, of course the president knows what's going on. Are you kidding me? What, What kind of question is that? Then we have a problem. And... This is a very emotional time for all of us. It's not right. the same thing as the president absolutely no. knows what's going on. What are you What are you saying, Chris?
6: No, he's cracking up in front of him. He's essentially, Wallace is saying, are, are, you guys have any clue what you're doing? And, and Blinken has said, it's really tough in here. You don't understand. In emotional, I don't want to ever hear. <laughs> this the, is a very Secretary emotional of State, time. It's an emotional time? Never say that. Never say, there's, there's lots of emotional times out there. The enemy's watching. Can you imagine the Taliban saying, geez, should we just take the mainland now? Does, <laughs> does anybody have a boat? Do we even need one? An emotional time. Oh my God, this is pathetic. Between that, I mean, it's, they're in charge. The Taliban's in charge. It's very emotional. Well then quit,
2: quit. And the emotional roller coaster. blinking. Attack on one is an attack on all. And we've been there together. But I've got to tell you this, Chris, from the get-go, uh, I've spent more time with our NATO partners in Brussels virtually uh, from before the president made his decision to when he made his decision to every time since. We've been working very, very closely together.
6: OK, you've been working so closely together that slamming you publicly now in a way I've never seen. Never. Even I no. mean Trump. They never slammed like this. No, this they is never
1: criticized Trump this way. This is I mean, the we. Biden campaigned on getting our allies' trust back and be not being a laughingstock and essentially not being Trump on the world stage. It is incredible that we are at this point where our allies are criticizing us this way. And the idea that that they're not addressing... I mean, when our allies did criticize Trump in some way, not this extremely, but when they did, Trump absolutely pushed back. Like when they said were upset that... You know, we cut back our contributions to NATO and he was like, well, they're just mad. They're going to have to start paying for their own security or whatever. And, you know, like he pushed back on it, but they're just pretending it's not happening. Trump never said, like, I've never heard anyone insult me. That never happened. No one criticized me. Like, we can see the news, too. We saw that you changed the transcript of the call with Macron. So that it didn't look like he criticized you. We are seeing, there's foreign press that's telling us what's going on in other countries. Just saying, like, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about anything we've ever done. Like, that that doesn't fly. And I can't believe they're still going with this narrative that anything that means they're not doing a fantastic job just isn't happening and is a, a figment of everybody's imagination.
6: And that's like what people are more worried about. I think people are more worried. And that's why they're taking crap from everybody on both sides. Yeah. Because I think Americans can even forgive large-scale incompetence. But when you've got large-scale incompetence and you have utter denial about it, then you're not only insulting people, but you Americans see that and they wonder, are these guys simply detached from reality? Do they not see what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so they sent out Biden there tonight to go over the top with some more messaging. A lot of it was the same messaging. A lot of it's not. I I found a couple of things very interesting. One, he was ultra, ultra, um, um, what's that called? Viral. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He was out there slamming the door and opening the door. Mask comes right off. And he comes to the podium. Podium, and he talks about a couple things. First, he hits uh, maybe the wildfires or something. No,
1: the flooding in Tennessee. And flooding stuff. in Tennessee. In, in fairness, like at least fifteen people have died, okay. and thirty more are missing in Tennessee. Okay, so.
6: uh, yes, okay. But then he goes to the hurricanes up here, mm-hmm. and then. And he's showing you, I'm, t- I'm on top of the flooding, absolutely, there's no I doubt. know
1: all the things that are going yep. on in the whole country.
6: Yes, and I'm all, and uh, there's no, I am Joe Hurricane Biden. I'm all sorts of Henri, et, et cetera, et cetera. And now there's the two action items, uh, absolutely, knock that one out of the park, knock that out of the park. Then he goes to the third one. Now let me turn to
5: Afghanistan.
6: The third action item, just so you know.
1: Did you know that we're doing Afghanistan? Now let me turn to Afghanistan?
5: Afghanistan. I've continued to make progress since uh, I've spoke to you on Friday.
6: Continue to make progress. Hmm. That's how it goes. Let me go to this. Here's the beginning of the message. So
1: it's going even better than it is than it was on Friday when it was going great already. I don't know
6: how this Afghanistan thing fell apart, but since Team Biden has paratrooped in, they have continued to make progress. They continue to make progress.
5: We have moved thousands of people each day by U.S. military aircraft and civilian charter flights. A little over 30 hours, in a little over 30 hours this weekend, we've evacuated an extraordinary number of people.
6: So, that the Biden speech to me it was interesting. That's what I thought was was you could see the way the thing was crafted. Um, Biden said, "I've continued to make progress." That's where he starts it. He ends it uh, essentially with what we are doing is extraordinary. So he ends it. This whole effort—it's a huge airlift effort. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! He said he starts – he goes through these lists, these bullet points, with which all these his uh, subordinates did, too, today. 30,000 uh, persons – 33,000 persons evacuated since July. <clears throat> he va- he bragged about the weekend evacuations, even though the weekend –
1: Wow, they work on weekends, yep. too?
6: He, We have stood up an unprecedented global effort, Biden says. These are all supposed to be takeaway quotes for for uh, newspapers and websites, yada, yada. And then he says – Talks about he he brags about the civil reserve fleet, in which we'll use commercial aircraft. The civil reserve is a new thing, so he's bringing all these gifts mm-hmm. for your news copy to fill in, to fill in column inches, to fill in uh, all the things that, that they're, that they're doing. You can exactly. list out lots
1: of things that they're right. doing. Right,
6: so many things. Um, and then I thought it was I thought it was this is where the the smart people th- though the very um, cynical people in the in the West Wing get going. Biden says at one point, we will welcome Afghans to the U.S. because that's who we are, which is obviously them seeing some utility in setting up a battleground versus like Laura Ingraham and Tucker Carlson. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a it's a chance to scrap with the anti-immigration GOP and hopefully turn this entire debacle into a huge debate Mm -hmm. over refugees.
1: Well, right. And they've seen the polling, too, I'm sure the same polling that I've been seeing that shows that it's immensely popular that we get out Afghans from Afghanistan that helped us and are Mm -hmm. being targeted by the Taliban for, you know, working at the embassy or whatever. That's a very popular position, even on the right, you know, despite what Tucker Carlson says about it. I, I'm a little bit leery of how much vetting we're doing of who yes, actually but, helped you know, us and who but, didn't. But, uh, but I think in general, the sentiment stands that we should get out people who helped us. Right? Sure,
6: like, that's fine. But that's what the, they would rather change the mm-hmm. topic, the yeah. channel, from this into an immigration fight and maybe an amnesty fight. Imagine that. They could juke the amnesty issue right now by using the Afghans. That would be perfect. Right. Uh, Biden also qualified several times here. Uh, very smartly. This is an Obama trick. This is the Obama is that you infuse a copy into a speech that you can use later so that nothing's ever a surprise uh, again, like this.
5: Let me be clear. The evacuation of thousands of people from Cumbull is going to be hard and painful no matter when it started, when we began. It would have been true if we had started a month ago or a month from now. There is no way to evacuate this many people without pain and loss of heartbreaking images you see on television. It's just a fact. My heart aches for those things, those people you see.
6: So if anything goes wrong and they say, hey, we didn't know American troops were going to get killed over there, we said there'd be pain and heartbreak.
1: Yeah, because this is the biggest and most difficult airlift right. in human history. But. It's also not true because as we know, this all would have been a lot easier if it weren't happening with the Taliban controlling the city and us having to bring troops back in that we didn't have. It would have been much easier if we'd had background Right, But they're the not open. starting there, Alex. They're starting
6: been... day uh D Day plus one. That's the day they start. Not the 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 day of the entire disaster.
1: Yeah, but they're, he said that They're this acting like been first responders
6: much, to this Not the people mm-hmm. who let it happen
1: Yeah, but he's saying this would have been just as hard whenever it happened And that's yes. demonstrably not true It would have been much easier to get people out of the country When it was being run by the U- Friendly to the West Afghan government That we had installed there mm-hmm. It would have been much easier So if they had intelligence that Where they knew this was going to happen And they didn't get people out in advance of pulling out the army That's a that's a bad error. And I know that we're not supposed to do any after action reports. No reports. Yet. No, it's not um, time. I mean, yeah. So, but it also doesn't address the actual issue, which is like, are you getting people out? Because we had a, you know, a number of Americans there, you know, at least 10,000. I think the best numbers probably were 10 to 15,000 there. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're saying they've gotten out 28,000 people. Well, a lot of those are Afghans. How many are Afghans? And they're not breaking it down. I think that's another reason why they're, you know, trying to pivot to the immigration debate because they're trying to head off anybody asking like, so out of the 28,000 people that you've gotten out in the last week, how many were, these 15,000 Americans that we know are there and how many are additional Afghans with SIV visas or whatever, like, you know, obviously we can debate or not who should come and who should be included, but that's a much more amorphous number, right? So 28,000 people, well, if 2,000 of those are Americans, we still have a problem.
6: Uh, Yes, I would say that's (laughs) Because
1: the other day they were touting those 5,700 people that they got out and like 200 were Americans.
6: Right, a lot of so, the, yeah, and you can tell from what we're seeing, a lot of the people getting out are just people who get in, make it to the
3: plane.
1: Right, and it's not clear who that is. It, Correct. It's so, you know, and they're processing visas. Part of what's taking so long is they're trying to put it, a lot of the analysis I've seen is that they're trying to frame it like it's hard to get the planes in and out or something, but that's not actually what's happening. They're processing the SIV applications in the, the airport. So that's what's taking so long is processing all the visas. These weren't people that already had their visas processed, and it can't be that many Americans because the Americans don't need to process their visas. They just show their American passport. So this is still a question of, you know, how many of the people getting here are Americans that we absolutely 100% need to get out? That needs to be our first priority. And then like as many people who helped us as possible who are Afghans who are going to be targeted, that's great too, right? Like, that needs to be the order of operations here, and it doesn't appear to be. Uh, I don't know if you have it, but Lloyd Austin was also on some shows on Martha Raddatz specifically.
6: Mm, Do you have him? I might. But
1: uh, anyway, so he was. He apparently. Yes. Wait, yes. Here we
6: go.
0: We're going to try our very best to get everybody, every American citizen who wants to get out, out, and we're going. We continue to look at different ways to to uh... and creative ways to to reach out and and contact uh, american citizens and and help them get into uh... into the the airfield
2: you said american citizens what about those afghans what about those interpreters Absol- what, a- what about the people who are desperately calling
0: absolutely the the uh... The people that are in the uh... special immigrant visa program are, are very very important to us and these would be the uh, the interpreters and many of the, the, the staff that supported our embassy uh, and, and other embassies, by the way, uh, we want to evaluate them as well.
2: We ask the president to extend the deadline if they're not out.
0: We're going to continue to assess uh, the situation and, uh, and, again, work as hard as we can to get as many people out uh, as possible. And uh, as we approach that deadline, uh, we'll, deadline. We'll, we'll make a recommendation uh, to the president.
6: Frigga, we, you know, I, I, there's part of me, honestly, that thinks, first of all, this deadline, after the deadline, after the, what are they talking about, deadline? But part of me thinks that, that it's possible that we abide by that deadline and leave a whole bunch of people, uh, thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of Americans, and many thousands of Mm -hmm. Afghans.
1: Yeah. And they've already started to kind of say that they told people to leave earlier and they didn't. Yeah, so I got that. Tried to blame on. Yeah. And, and I saw some of that,
3: too. But in it seems statement.
2: that the core mistake here, it appears in your in your withdrawal plan, is Jake Sullivan, pulling the military talk, talk, out before Sullivan. the civilians and before our allies. Um, why did the military get withdrawn before the civilians? Does that in hindsight that looks like just a uh, a catastrophic mistake?
3: Which civilians are you, are you referring to, Chuck?
2: These Jay Sullivan being a
6: smart-ass know-it-all, Mensa credential dude, is not helping. These guys being smart asses now, being too smart for everybody in the room. Meanwhile, is uh, he the, the one authors... the Scholar? I'm sure. Meanwhile, being the authors of a total international F-up,
2: it ain't a good look. Does not help. Our American diplomats, the Americans to get out, our Afghan allies, all the people we wanted to get out... Why did we withdraw the military and our military support before we could get that out? Why did we hand over Bagram
3: before we got these people out? Let me start with our diplomats because the plan from the beginning was to sustain a U.S. diplomatic presence in Kabul after our military departed. Uh, That was the plan from the beginning and because we believed that if necessary, we could draw down our embassy uh, presence in a crisis and get all of our diplomats out. We had a plan in place to do that. We did that. With respect to American citizens in Kabul, we began messaging them months ago, telling them that the situation was deteriorating and that they should leave the country. We explained to them that if they didn't have the financial resources to be able to leave the the country, those resources would be provided to them. Many chose to stay right till the end. And that, of course, was their choice.
1: Maybe it has something to do with the fact that you were saying that... uh Kabul absolutely wasn't going to fall and the Afghan army was going to fight back against the Well, what the Taliban, an arrogant prick thing to say. High. And many,
6: many chose to stay right to the end. Well, the end came 60 days earlier than they thought it would.
1: Because you guys told them so. And, you know, there's a little bit of that in Lloyd's comment too. We're going to get out everybody who wants to leave. What's wants to leave? Wants to leave badly enough? I mean, like... We're going to – I have a feeling that's going to morph into we're going to take everybody with us who can wants to leave badly enough to make it to the airport. Well, that's what we own. heard
6: is that they're having a fight. They're having a fight to get in to, to mm-hmm. where they need to go. Uh, let's see. Here's Blinken again with Major Garrett. Essentially
2: – The best way, the most effective way, the, the way I'm focused on to get folks in, again, is to be in direct contact with them uh, and to help guide them in, to give them instructions on where to go, uh, when to go there. Uh, and uh, then we can, uh, we can bring them into the airport safely and effectively. So they are still uh,
3: effectively on their own getting to the airport?
2: Uh, again, uh, we found that the, the best way to do this is to be in direct touch with them. Um, President, Secretary of Defense have been clear that uh, we will uh, do whatever it takes to get Americans uh, home and, uh, and out of harm's way.
1: <sighs> we'll do whatever it takes, just not including going to get them.
6: Right, right. So, essentially, uh, good luck. And forgive me, I'm just the messenger. No longer... Listen, listen, press guy, calm down, okay? Don't worry, he's not going to yell at you.
3: ...consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I what haven't seen you- that poll. It's out there, um, from CBS this morning. Um, <laughs> what would you say to those Americans who no longer believe that you're up to the job?
5: I had a basic decision to make. I either withdraw America from a 20-year war.
6: It's the Biden going right back to the false choice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about withdrawing or not.
1: <laughs> it was about not screwing up while withdrawing.
6: Right. It was about not handing 15,000 Americans a whole bunch of military equipment and uh, possibly five to 7,000 troops to the mercies, tender mercies of the Taliban. That was the trick that we had to avoid,
5: which we didn't. That depending on whose analyses you accept cost us $150 million a day for 20 years or $300 million a day for 20 years. Who, and I, you know I carry this card to me oh, every day. Oh, God, with a card. I'm so sick of who, this. who, in fact, uh, where we lost 2,448 oh. Americans dead and 20,722 wounded. Either increase the number of forces we keep we keep there and keep that going, or right, I end the war.
6: That's not a great sign that the core they have to go to is the false choice. Hey, it had to be this. There was no choice. It was going to be this now or this later. What do you want? Pick your time. That's it. And also, just in case you don't know, that it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt and there's going to be more pain involved, so it's going to hurt. That's it. And Americans, you're on your own. We gave you plenty of time.
1: Yeah, we warned you.
6: If I were you, I'd find a way to get to the airport. (laughs) The airport, which is absolutely open and working with the Taliban. But at the same time, the Taliban's stopping you from going. And also, don't go there because Al Qaeda, sorry, ISIS K. Is about Which to is attack totally you.
1: different. They don't right. even like the Taliban. This has nothing to do with the fact that we handed the country over to the Taliban. In fact, that's a totally unrelated state of affairs right. that ISIS-K is targeting the airport. But while
6: your 10,000 Americans are corralled in a small area, ISIS-K is now threatening um, with credibility to attack you, so much to the point where our embassy at the Applebee's at the airport is now saying, stay where you are, everybody. Stop. Don't try to get here. Um but that's not worth a breaking news item. Mm-hmm. The fact that ISIS-K uh, is uh, swarming around and is possibly going to kill Americans. And the Taliban's telling him. They've been telling you all for the last 24 hours, yeah, the ISIS is coming to kill you guys. Well, you know? yeah,
1: and Austin acknowledged in his interview with Reddit. she's like, but we're getting reports that people are beating up, people from the Taliban are beating up Americans who are going to the airport. And he says, yeah, there have been a few incidents, isolated incidents like Mm -hmm. like that's fine. Like they can just beat up a few Americans. There are some making it there. So that's totally fine. That's normal. The Washington Examiner was also reporting. And I don't know, like I haven't seen other places report this, but I don't know the truth of it. But they're reporting that uh, German troops were told to stop going out into the city by the American general who's running Operations at the airport because it's making them look bad that they're not going out. (laughs) You guys need to stop going out to get your citizens because it's making it look like that's something we should be doing. German military gets
6: some positive PR for the first time in 100 (laughs) years and the Americans have to stifle it. Oh my
5: goodness. For security reasons, I'm not going to go into the detail of what these plans entail. But I will say again today that I have said before, any American who wants to get home will get home.
1: Is he just hoping that that turns out to be true? Yeah. Because it's incredible. And Austin did this again when they had it. She was like, are you guys going to go out into the city? And he cited again the same thing that Biden didn't know what day it happened on Friday where they got 169 people out of the country in one over the wall operation. So they did one last week sometime. Biden doesn't know if it was Thursday or Wednesday, but, you know, they got they got 169 people. What do you want from them? But I tend to believe that even though he doesn't want to tell us the details uh, to not give anything away, that uh, if he had any big successes on that front to tout and they'd been going outside the airport to get people, I think they would say that, don't you? Uh,
6: uh, Yes, at this point, I think they would say anything that they could to to tout some kind of success. But they're taking it and coming from all over the place. Obama's former guy, Crocker, um, it piled on. So,
2: uh, it's again, it's a, it's a really rough time. It didn't
5: need to be this way. It's kind of like the Dunkirk evacuation.
6: Except that one was successful, and this one we don't know yet. Um, and uh, Seth Moulton piled on, which we don't have to play as a jerk. And, um,
1: well, also, in Dunkirk, they weren't going like, sorry, we can't uh, go and get you. They literally had a bunch of... Churchill sent people, like, in fishing boats, just random civilians, to go rescue people. He, he you know, did literally everything he could, not the Biden version yeah, so of Yes, we didn't work we with the
6: uh, Germans on getting the Americans out of Dunkirk. Yeah,
1: excuse me, um, Nancy Army, can you just hold off a little bit? Because we're going to come in. We'd just like to negotiate so that we can uh, get our army out. Is that fine with you? Or, like... Uh, the comparisons to Dunkirk are apt in terms of the problem, but not in terms of what they're doing for the solution, because they, there's no comparison there at all. I don't know. I'm like, I'm so enraged at them, and I'm so enraged at them for, like, not caring and just seeming so cavalier about the whole thing. It's like they still can't understand why anybody's upset with them.
6: No. Not at all, and that's why when somebody comes, when you see this, like you and I have been watching this, and today's been a crazy day, especially yeah. with the hurricane stuff, but especially it's just an odd day, probably for you guys listening to it, it's just an odd day, and you wonder, you see so much of this, you wonder, can this be possibly true? Can this possibly be true? Can can, uh, Blinken really be speaking like this? Speaking in in this weird, uh, almost uh, bureaucratic, politically progressive, uh. Uh, uh, kind of amicable way that he's trying to, he still doesn't want to hurt feelings. It's, and it's crazy. And you think, am I, it, it, what's happening here? Are we hired to be, eat mushrooms by mistake <laughs> or something like that? And then you hear somebody say something like this, and you say, GD Wright.
5: Let me ask you, do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike was he woke I don't think so I don't think he was too woke he was the exact opposite you know what woke means it means you're a loser everything woke everything woke it's true everything woke turns to okay it's true it's true look at what's happening
6: if that's not the saying of the year everything woke turns to bleep it's perfect it's yeah. exactly right, and encapsulate the the lack of energy, and gusto, and fortitude that we're seeing right now in with uh, Afghanistan about how these swampy bureaucrats act and talk, and they're still so smart, it, like uh well, but that's the exactly- guy Jake Sullivan saying uh is oh, uh, saying uh what diplomats exactly are you talking about? about? We give them plenty. Everything woke turns to bleep, thinking of bringing Patent mm-hmm. to it.
1: Well, because by definition, woke is what you do. Critical race theory and gender studies is what you do when you have no other problems. Right. Because it's the practice of finding problems when you have nothing else to worry about. Finding new made up problems. And so, you know, when you have actual stuff to do, things to worry about, that's when you can't afford to be talking like this. And and. The only people who can afford to sit around behaving this way are people in like universities that have the cushiest lives and have no real issues, which was everybody's point about the woke military from the get go about, you know, Millie and his feud with Tucker and whatever, is that the military has actual stuff that they need to be doing, like killing bad guys. But I, I think like that. that you,
6: I think that you didn't quite expand it enough because you said wokeism is what you do when you don't have actual problems, and I think that's true, especially for people in their teens and twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. But wokeism also transfer, transfers the weight of existential problems to over to symbolic problems, mm-hmm. and so like Blinken has talked about, he's been preaching all year about inequities and social justice right. and systems of racism, etc. And so to him and to all these guys, including uh, Jake Sullivan, etc., et they've been trained now again and again that those are the problems. Remember, white supremacy, that's the big problem in climate and, of course, the racism, worldwide racism. Those Misogyny, are the problems. Yeah. This stuff happening in Afghanistan... This is an inconvenience and a distraction from the real problems, which is, of course, racism, which is why nobody's sacking up and doing the right thing, which is killing these MFers in bulk, taking back the airbase, mowing these freaking rats down mercilessly and yeah. getting our people out of there, which is what you do when you want to get your freaking people out of there. But they don't consider that, that, that this, this to be such an issue, a desperate issue. They don't because there are bigger issues. Look how bad we've been before we start talking about mm-hmm. the Taliban. They've gone around the world on a we suck tour already. <laughs> Seriously. Which is why when you have a guy say this. Everything woke turns to shit. Okay? Sure. It's like damn right. Yes. Look damn right. You have a, there's an adult, regardless of him calling people horse face or whatever, he at least freaking gets that. That's human emotions which haven't been curtailed by some freaking you know guilt sourced origin weird brainwashing as a single here's another one right here ron desantis as a single person tendered their resignation as a result of this has anyone been fired have we seen anything
3: it just seems like with our our national government if you're part of the beltway clique you don't have any consequences as long as you're part of the in group you can fail upwards and keep failing upwards. I think there needs to be some accountability for this. Uh, this is not the way we want to see uh, the United States um, perceive, uh, behave abroad. And, and it is humiliating for our country. I think it's, fati-
6: it's a gut punch for a lot of veterans. And you can't have, you get Brian Stelter and CNN and many in the press now saying, well, they're beating up on Biden. This is way too much. They're
3: being very mean to Biden. Is this exactly what anchors and reporters should be doing? Holding the administration accountable? Holding the administration accountable? has the coverage been out of proportion, out of step with the American public? Let's ask uh, two of the critics this week. Matthew Dowd, former ABC News chief political analyst and former advisor to the Bush-Cheney 20, uh, 2004 campaign. And Amanda Marco, senior politics writer at Salon.com. So, Matthew Dowd, you would describe the media's coverage this week as what?
5: Um, way over the top and
6: unconnect- not surprisingly of course he's an itch bay Matthew Dowd <laughs> now remember he's the guy who said this is worse than the capital riots where's the 9-11 where's the 9-11 where's the 9-11 the guy who said it's worse than 9-11 who I in a sub stack said that, that, that he was a wretched POS for ever saying something like that, that That's because it's disgraceful and he's obviously a swamp dweller, dweller who hangs out and things like that and I, I, I called his entire character into question and he spat at me on Twitter saying I don't hang around the swamp I don't. It's like, I just called you I the devil incarnate Washington. you're coming to me about what what cocktail parties you go to? These guys are uh panty wastes and uh, by the way, once absolutely again absolutely beta freaking soy children and they're ridiculous. And that it's it's completely related to um what's happening with Christina Pushaw.
1: Pushaw.
6: Pushaw. Sorry, Alice, I like her. Um it, who, by the way, I don't know, I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying there's was weird energy between you. But um, so <laughs> nothing. No, I'm just saying. But so, so now you have the AP now going uh, at DeSantis' communication woman, saying she hurt her feelings. She was go, you're threatening us. It's like, what is wrong with you, freaking sissies out there? ridiculous and uh go ahead tell us a story about this this. who she is how this all this crap happened
1: okay so this was on the 1570 project which is my podcast and you should check it out if you haven't already i interviewed two great guests this weekend um one of whom was tom and one of whom was christina pusha who's the press secretary of ron DeSantis, and um i had her on to talk about how this weekend she was. Well, well, to tell people
6: a little bit about her, she's okay. a little bit of a wild one. Um, in the same way, Trump's people were. She is a reflection of DeSantis as a press secretary,
1: right? So she's. Uh, she got her job as press secretary because she reached out to the administration and was basically told them they're awesome, and they brought her in. And she's fantastic on Twitter. She's so smart. She reads everything. She has all the facts at her fingertips. Um, She moved to Florida from California because, you know, she just culturally felt that that was her place. She loves Ron DeSantis. And she does a fantastic job um, explaining things to the press on his behalf, which is what her job is. And when they lie about him to come back and tell them that they lied about him. So the AP printed this story implying that um, that a, a drug that helps people uh, not die from COVID, the, these monoclonal antibodies from Regeneron, they implied in their story that he's only promoting them because um, he has a donor who's part of a company that has a small investment in the company that makes the drug. Um, and uh, there's nothing to this story. It's been debunked by PolitiFact. It's ridiculous. But anyway... She called them out on it on Twitter, and they uh, wrote a, a letter saying that she was attacking them to her boss, and uh, got her banned from Twitter.
6: Right, twelve and the, hours. And they, they, the, the, what they wrote was so. I'm sorry, Al, so pitchy, It really was ridiculous. The AP, how so? These are men. <laughs> how are these men? I can't. I can't even believe they didn't make men like this when I was that of my age. They don't have those. Incredible. And they were the, the girl, the blonde woman, yelled at us. She was mean to us. She threatened us. Please suspend her. And they did. Anyway, I'll spoke to her today. Here's a little piece of that.
1: Right. So all this happened. You talked to the reporter. You thought they were going to do a responsible story that made sense. Yeah. And now here's where you lead the wildest life. At least based <laughs> on your Twitter feed. I don't know how this stuff happens to you, but so. Then they come out with this story that implies that there's this like pay for play scheme where Ron DeSantis is promoting some bunk treatment to enrich a donor and you dare to call them out on it online. Yeah, I called them out because I kept seeing Floridians on Twitter
4: and Facebook saying, oh, I'm not going to get this treatment because it'll make DeSantis rich. Oh, it costs thousands of dollars. That's not true. It's free It's not making anyone rich. The federal government bought it, as I explained. So I started, I decided I'm going to go to the source. I called out AP and the reporter. um, But AP itself tweeted about it, so I read quote tweeted the ap and i said drag them now this is not (laughs) this is well
1: known what dictators do christina (laughs) they say drag them on twitter that's what putin does when a reporter makes him mad he tells his twitter friends to drag them right it's it's
4: crazy i worked in ukraine i worked in georgia the country of georgia those mm -hmm. are countries where they actually have experience with putin and russia and dictatorship and all of this the Soviet Union. I know what it is. You know, this is not (laughs) like there have been so many Democrat politicians and just everyone uses that term. And it's not considered to be incitement to violence. But AP, of course, got upset when people started calling them out and saying your story is fake, even PolitiFact, which is um, not
1: exactly like a bastion (laughs) of Republican (laughs) ideology. (laughs)
4: Yeah, exactly. So so they got upset that their story kind of fell apart and they were exposed as the next 60 minutes with the public's hit piece. This was the next one. Mm-hmm. And so I think in order to change the narrative and distract from their failure of reporting and their hit piece, their CEO, incoming CEO, wrote an open letter to DeSantis saying that the press secretary, and they mentioned me by name. Right.
1: He cited an online mob of online violence against our report. Right. Let me read a little bit of this because this is like the most unintentionally funny thing that's happened this year so far, I think. Um, But they wrote, Governor Ron DeSantis. I would like to call your attention to the actions of your press secretary this week that were both dangerous and in conflict with the spirit of Florida's constitutional protections for freedom of speech and the press. Using her Twitter account, Christina Peshaw threatened a journalist, retweeted other threats against that journalist, and issued a call to action against the Associated Press. This is unacceptable behavior from a government employee, especially one whose job it is to work with the media and communicate with the public the public. After expressing dissatisfaction with a story published by AP, she retweeted it, added the words, drag them. Adding the words, drag them. That was a direct effort to activate an online mob to attack a journalist for doing his job. It resulted in a torrent of abusive comments directed at the reporter. Another one of her tweets threatened that if the journalist did not change the story, she would put you on blast. She gave a deadline to meet her demand. She also retweeted someone's call to light them up, referring to the AP. I mean, I've never... Surely the AP... I mean, they run offices in all those other countries, too. They know what... Hamas
4: in Gaza right Right. like they so to say that this is a threat of violence is ridiculous for the record I didn't see anyone threatening that reporter if anyone did it's obviously wrong that would never be condoned by anyone in my office or by me but I'm sorry because of these inflammatory media narratives the governor gets threats every day I get threats and harassment
6: so that's Christina Pushaw of Ron DeSantis. His attack dog tells people to drag them. Poor <laughs> 49-year-old, uh, you know, burly men working for the AP are scared that she's going to be mean to them online. They were mean to us online. She said to oh, drag us. My goodness. Um, so, Alice, the very uh, borderline romantic energy that you had there, that's continued um, on the 1570 Project. Yeah, we had
1: a great wide-ranging So is that,
6: is that out yet?
1: Yes, it's out. It's online.
6: Oh, it's I not. tweeted the whole out the link
1: out. on it. It's all there. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
6: that's great. That's great. That should make news. She's probably she's she's a superstar. If you guys don't know her, you will very soon. She's a superstar and awesome. And there is very something interesting about her analysis. <laughs> of energy, Alice. Do you want to talk
1: about? It? No. What are you have I'm, just, a problem. I'm just saying. You have a mental problem. Just saying. Anyway, thank you so much, everybody. He's on Twitter. He's Tom Shattuck. I'm Alice Shattuck. This is the Burn Barrel Podcast. That's at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter. We're also at Burn Barrel Podcast.com, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. We should be back up on YouTube either today or tomorrow. That's Yay. Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel there. Let's see how quickly we get kicked off again this time. Drag them. <laughs>